Chapter Thirty Three of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Thirty Three. While the ten o'clock bell was ringing, in the square and winds, weavers in groups. No, no, David. Mr. Dishart hadna felt the blow the piper gave him till he ascended the pulpit to conduct the prayer meeting for rain, and then he fainted away. Thomas Wamond and Peter Tosh gared into the session house. What an awful scene! How did the minister no come to the meeting? I wonder how you could expect it, Snucky, and his mother tying so suddenly ill. He's at her bedside, but the doctor has little hope. This is what has occurred. Taylor, Mr. Dishart, never got the length of the pulpit. He fell in a swoon on the vestry floor. What caused it? Oh, nothing but the heat. Thrums is so dry that one spark would set it in a blaze. I canna get at the reeks of what keep them Friday meeting, Femi, but it has something to do with an Egyptian on the hill. Very like he had been trying to stop the gypsy marriage there. I guide to the manse to spear at Jane what was wrong, but I'm thinking I tailed her mare than she could tell me. Man, man, Andrew, the wit o' it lies with Peter Tosh. He thought we was to high seek a terrible rain that he implored the minister no to pray for it, and so angry was Mr. Dishart that he ordered the whole session out of the kirk. I saw them in Cuthie's close, and meek the dour they looked. Yes, as sure as death, Thomas Woman locked the kirk door in Mr. Dishart's face. I'm a shaken, and small wonder, Margaret, when I've heard this minute that Mr. Dishart's been struck by leakening while looking for Rob Dow. He's no killed but woes me. They say he'll never preach again. Not another kind. Was Rob that the leakening struck dead in the doctor's machine? The horse was Natasha came tearing down the roots with the corpse in the machine like a living man. What are you listening to, woman? Is it to a dog barking? I've heard it this while, but it's far away. In the man's kitchen. Jean, did you not hear me ring? I want you to... Why are you staring out at the window, Jean? I, I was just a-harkening to the ten o'clock bell, ma'am. I never saw you do nothing before. Put the heat in the fire, Jean. I want to iron the minister's necklace. The prayer meeting is long and coming out, is it not? The, the drouth, ma'am, has been so cruel hard. And to my shame, I am so comfortable that I almost forgot how others are suffering. But my son never forgets, Jean. You are not crying, are you? N no, ma'am. Bring the iron to the parlor, then, and if the minister... Why did you start, Jean? I only heard a dog barking. I thought, ma'am... Uh, at first I thought it was Mr. Dishart opening the door. Aye, it's just a dog, some gypsy dog on the hill, I'm a-thinking, for sound would carry far than it. Even you, Jean, are nervous at nights, I see. If there's no man in the house, we shall hear no more distant dogs barking, I'll warrant, when the minister comes home. When he comes home, ma'am. On the middle of a hill, a man and a woman. Courage, beloved, we are nearly there. But, Gavin, I cannot see the encampment. The night is too dark. But the gypsy fires? They are in the toad's hole. Listen to that dog barking. There are several dogs at the encampment, Babby. There is one behind us. See, there it is. I have driven it away, dear. You are trembling. What we are doing frightens me, Gavin. Is it at your heelskin? It seems to know you. Oh, Gavin, it is Lord Rintoul's collie, Snap. It will bite you. 
No, I have driven it back again. Probably the earl is following us. Gavin, I cannot go on with this. Quicker, Babby. Leave me, dear, and save yourself. Lean on me, Babby. Oh, Gavin, is there no way but this? No sure way. Even though we are married to-night, we shall be married in five minutes, and then, whatever befall, he cannot have you. But after? I will take you straight to the manse, to my mother. Were it not for that dog, I should think we were alone on the hill. But we are not. See, there are the gypsy fires. On the west side of the hill, two figures. Thomas, Thomas Wamond, I've lost you. Should we gang to the manse down the fields? Wish, Hendry. What are you listening for? I heard a dog barking. Only a gypsy dog, Thomas, barking at the coming storm. The gypsy dogs are all tied up, and this one's atween us and the toad's hole. What was that? It was nothing but the rubbing of the branches in the cemetery on I another. It said trees mark that fearsome sound when they're terrified. It was a dog barking at somebody that's stoning it. I cannot sound Henry Munn. May I die the death, Thomas, woman, if a great drop of rain didna strike me the now, and I swear it was warm. I'm for running home. I'm for seeing who drove away that dog. Come back with me, Henry. I winna. There's no soul on the hill but you and me, and thy daffin' and drinkin' gypsies. How do you no answer me, Thomas? Hi, Thomas, woman, where are you? He's gone. Hi, then I'll make tracks, Hama. In the broom, a dog cart. Do you see nothing yet, Mackenzie? Scarce the broom at my knees, Rintoul. There is not a light on the hill. Mackenzie, can that schoolmaster have deceived us? It is probable. Urge on the horse, however. There is a road through the broom, I know. Have we struck again? Rintoul, she's not here. I promised to help you to bring her back to the spittle before this escapade became known. But we have failed to find her. If she is to be saved, it must be by herself. I dare say she has returned already. Let me turn the horse's head. There's a storm brewing. I will search this gypsy encampment first, if it is on the hill. Hark! That was a dog's bark. Yes, it is Snap, but he would not bark at nothing. Why do you look behind you so often, Mackenzie? For some time, Rintoul, it has seemed to me that we are being followed. Listen. I hear nothing. At last, Mackenzie, at last, we are out of the broom. And as I live, Rintoul, I see the gypsy lights. It might have been a lantern that was flashed across the hill. Then all that part of the world went suddenly on fire. Everything was horribly distinct in that white light. The firs of Cadam were so near that it seemed to have arrested them in a silent march upon the hill. The grass would not hide a pebble. The ground was scored with shadows of men and things. Twice the light flickered and recovered itself. A red serpent shot across it, and then again black night fell. The hill had been illumined thus for nearly half a minute. During that time not even a dog stirred. The shadows of human beings lay on the ground as motionless as logs. What had been revealed seemed less a gypsy marriage than a picture, or was it that during the ceremony every person on the hill had been turned into stone? The gypsy king, with his arm upraised, had not had time to let it fall. The men and women behind him had their mouths open as if struck when on the point of calling out. Lord Rintoul had risen in the dog-cart and was leaning forward. One of Mackenzie's feet was on the shaft. The man, crouching in the dog-cart's wake, had flung up his hands to protect his face. The presenter, his neck outstretched, had a hand on each knee. All eyes were fixed, as in the death-glare on Gavin and Babby, who stood before the king, their hands clasped over the tongs. Fear was petrified on the woman's face, determination on the man's. 
they were all released by the crack of the thunder but for another moment none could have swaggered that was lord rintoul in the dog-cart babbie whispered drawing in her breath yes dear gavin answered resolutely and now is the time for me to have my first and last talk with him remain here babbie do not move till i come back but gavin he has seen i, I fear him still but he cannot touch you now babbie you are my wife in the vivid light gavin had thought the dog-cart much nearer than it was he called lord rintoul's name but got no answer there were shouts behind gypsies running from the coming rain dogs whining but silence in front the minister moved on some paces away to the left he heard voices who was that man mackenzie my lord i have lost sight of you this is not the way to the camp tell me mackenzie that you did not see what i saw rintoul i beseech you to turn back we are too late we are not too late gavin broke through the darkness between them and him but they were gone he called to them and stopped to listen to their feet is that you gavin babbie asked just then for reply the man who had crept up to her clapped his hand on her mouth only the beginning of a scream escaped from her a strong arm drove her quickly southward gavin heard her cry and ran back to the encampment babbie was gone none of the gypsies had seen her since the darkness came back he rushed hither and thither with a torch that only showed his distracted face to others he flung up his arms in appeal for another moment of light then he heard babbie scream again and this time it was from a distance he dashed after her he heard a trap speeding down the green sward through the broom lord rintoul had kidnapped babbie gavin had no other thought as he ran after the dog-cart from which the cry had come the earl's dog followed him snapping at his heels the rain began End of chapter 33